Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Highly Recommended Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Josiah. With me as always is Daniel. What's up, Daniel? Hey man, how are you? Been a little while? It's been a little bit, yeah. It's been a little bit. My fault. <laughs> I mean, you, you did make a pretty big decision. In a very week, right? quick <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, we decided to sell our house and move. There you go. Literally, not me, not overnight, but over the course of a week. Yeah, so you're moving. But you're going to be moving closer to me, right? Yeah, that's right. So I'm happy. That's yeah, right. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to do some in-person podcasts. I think we should. And I will be really close to the Shelbyville Movie Theater, which is opening at the end of this month. Oh, it, it's opening back up? Yeah. So we should start doing a lot of them there. Is that by... Across from Cattleman? Yeah. We went to Cattleman's like last week, and I was like, oh boy, that theater's dead. Like nope. the grass is like huge and stuff. I was like, it's it's never coming back. No, nope, so it's happy coming back. It's coming back. And they have like they have like a five dollar Tuesday or something like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, man, cool. I made your All day. Right, well, you really did. Because I, I, I was like dead set on it was dead. I thought for sure it was done, you know. Nope. Because I hadn't I hadn't been to that theater because COVID hit and when it you shut all down. moved, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. All right, let's let's do the podcast, Daniel. I mean, it's relevant. It's relevant because we we it's just saw relevant. an in person movie. So being excited that movie theaters are coming back to life is a good thing. Yeah. So last uh, well, like two or three weeks ago, probably we went and saw Quiet Place Two. Me, you, and we had a couple um, friends of ours. So we had DJ and Patrick and Robbie. Yeah, we saw it in person. At the movie theater, it was awesome to be back at the movie. Is that your was that your first time back since COVID, or had you gone before to a movie theater? Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like you sent me a picture. That's and right. Tried, remember, what did we see. You uh, saw a kids movie because you were with Charlotte. I think. <laughs> we did see a kids movie. Because <laughs> what happened was we had planned on going Ray to see and the Quiet Dragon. Place. We saw Ray and the Dragon. Yeah, so we had planned on going to see Quiet Place together, and. For whatever reason, we couldn't see it opening night or whatever, and so we had to push it, you know. And so you sent me a picture of you in a movie theater, and you had, like, Photoshopped something to make it seem like you were going to see Quiet Place. And I was, like, super mad for half a second, and then, you know, you told me you were just joking. I did a good job (laughs) on that um, Photoshop. That was very good. Yeah, it was quick. Quick little edit you did there. Yeah, and I I did it to where you couldn't tell if it was the first or second one. So I just Mm -hmm. took a screenshot from the first one where it's just scenery. Uh, when they're going through the the woods, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so so this week we're talking about Quiet Place Two, which is a movie we both hadn't seen. We both watched together. It's different than what we normally do on this show. Normally, one of us recommends a movie that the other person hasn't seen, and we you know review it that week. Uh, but this time we changed it up. Saw something that came out you know recent, very recent, and um, so the format of this is going to be a little different than our normal episodes, but let's jump into our preconceived thoughts. Let's talk about maybe even a little bit of Quiet Place 1, our thoughts about that, expectations going into Quiet Place 2, and then we'll get jump into what we thought about it. I think that's a healthy process. Yeah, it sounds good. Um, you know, I'll be honest, going into this movie, like this is one of the most anticipated movies for me um, between this and Top Gun 2. You know, movies kept getting pushed out and some ended up deciding to go ahead and release them on streaming services. I'm glad they did not do that with this film, just for the record, because I I would not think it would work 
you need to see this in a theater. Um, my preconceived notions were very much because I loved the first one so much. Like it became very quickly one of my favorite thrillers and suspense films. I was a little nervous that it couldn't live up to the bar of the first one, but I still was hoping for a good movie. That was where my head was at. Uh, I didn't know if John Krasinski was going to be in there. I didn't know what characters to expect other than essentially Emily Blunt and the rest of the family. And I just didn't know where it was going to go from there. Yeah, I was pretty much the same way. Like Quiet Place 1 is one of my favorite movies ever because it's it's a great thriller and it's also a great drama. You know, it's it's a good mixture of both. You have some really good moments acting wise and you have a lot of intense moments um, which I feel like in a lot of thrillers you're lacking some of the uh, acting sometimes oh yeah depending on the quality of it you know and so this kind of was like the best of both worlds for me quite place one so I loved it. I actually just rewatched it two nights ago we showed up my mother-in-law wanted to watch it so we watched the first one with her and man I just love that movie so much it's so good for me it's a perfect movie I would agree it's, it's a 94 it's a 94, 94 potatoes. for me so yeah, Quiet Place 2, like my, expe- my expectations were pretty high, but I was also like, there's no way it's going to be better than the first for me, you know, just because of everything I just talked about. So my expectations, I say they're pretty pretty high, like yours, going in, um, hoping that it was going to be good, but not expecting like the best movie ever or anything like that. So, all right, so let's talk about what we thought about the movie. You want to talk high level and then we'll get into nitty gritty? I think that's the the smart thing to do. I mean, at a high level... I um I absolutely love this film. Um, I thought it was a really good follow-up, a good sequel to what was a stellar first movie. The problem with sequels, historically, I struggle with in general because they never do a good job. But if they plan to be something longer than just an independent film, I think it it tends to suffer a little bit more. Whereas if I understand how this one happened, they made the first one and then signed up to do a second one because it did well. Cause I would, I would argue a quiet place. One could have been fine if you ended it after the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they came back to John Krasinski and was like, Hey, can you do another one? And he was originally against it. But he was like, yeah, I'll tell you what, no. if I can do this, 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 and this, then I'll do it. And he's like, crap, I think I'm doing a, <laughs> I'm doing a sequel. Yeah, I watched an interview that he did, and he said that he liked to, he didn't want to do the second one, right? And they said, okay, well, will you at least write a story to give whoever gets it, like some idea of where you would where you would take it? And like halfway through writing the story for somebody else, he was like, yeah, I, I've got to direct this movie. And I think that's where that's where we benefited because if you put yeah. everything into the first movie, because that's what you feel like it's going to be a standalone, so you got to give it your your a effort. That's one thing, but there are others who say, okay, we're going to sign up for a five movie deal. You're going to have a lot of issues with, I would say, kind of a laziness. You know, in some of the directing and producing, potentially even the acting, the story can suffer because you're you already know you're spreading it out. This right. forced a certain level of creativity into this second film because it had not been realized or even thought about yet. So for me, I, I agree. I really, really love this movie. It was um, things that I needed to be better about Quiet Place One were better in this. Now, 
we'll get to stuff that's different for me or what it, not bad, but just not as good, like some of the emotional stuff. But when it comes to just talking about the directing and writing, the directing and the camera work is better than the first one. I would agree. And that's probably because they had more money and John Krasinski learned a lot from the first one. So that's one of the things I needed. Like if, if you give a director the, his first movie, it needs to be better the second time around. And he, John Krasinski delivered on that for me, like directing wise, a lot of the camera work, I mean, the beginning scene, like the one you know, that's made to look like a one shot. Oh, oh I'm is like, what's just... a one Okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's just, that's a great opening. We'll get to like favorite scenes, but it's up there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like the camera work was better. The directing was better, in, like in technical terms. Everything else was great. I mean, the added actors that they added Killian in were great. Murphy. He was fantastic. Um, usually I see him in a different role. Like usually I remember him from like Inception. And I think like this like very classy guy. And he's like this southern farmer guy That's in this true. movie. That's you, true. You, you do see him like as that suave businessman, right? Yeah, yeah. That's who I usually see him as. Or so a it punk. Was, it was a nice change. You know what I mean? Or a like, what? <laughs> like a punk, like a rich snob punk kind of person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So... Yeah, everything I, I loved a whole lot about this movie. It's it's not a perfect movie, but it's a very very enjoyable movie and a great sequel. One of the Absolutely. best sequels in recent years for sure. Like you said, sequels normally just don't do it a lot of the times. You know, they don't live up to the hype or whatever. And there was a lot of hype when the first one came out. I mean, this was a very popular movie once it came out and the word kind of spread about it. Um, so I'm very happy. I'm glad. And also, like you said. I'm so glad we saw this in theaters because this is one of those movies that is a theater, like a theater experience. You have to see it at the theaters. You know, that I'm just so happy that they finally released it and they didn't do like online only kind of thing. Because, man, it just wouldn't have been as good on at your house. I don't care what kind of TV you have. Which is like you, you look at the first one, right, which I've since watched it on my home TV. And I'm OK with that, having seen it once in the theater and then being able to watch it here like to see it for the first time is very much an experiential watch because the whole premise of a quiet place and a quiet place too is having silence as a character and being able to experience that silence with other people in a surround sound environment and we watched it in what's called an um, extreme theater which has the sound that is literally 360 behind you, above you, below you kind of sound on like with an IMAX screen. And so to hear that sound travel around you and that sound is ambient music or ambient sounds, you know, someone walking, leaves rustling because there's very little score. But when there is score, it's really good. But you have to experience in that way and you're experiencing it with other people in the way that no one's eating like i had a, a box of snow caps that was full <laughs> yeah. when the movie yeah. was over because i'm like i did it once i tried to get pick a point where there was some sound and maybe the t- you know the the drama and the suspense was low and i shovel a few in my mouth like real quick but then i'm just like this just isn't going to work. Yeah, I, I do remember you trying to eat those strategically throughout the movie next to me. Yeah, this is probably the worst movie to eat food at. Maybe you could eat gummy bears. That's about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we both pretty much loved it, right? Absolutely. Great movie, checked all the boxes, 100%. cool. Let's talk about story, let's talk about, what, what do you want to get into Let's here? start with the acting, and then we'll go to, to, to the plot and story. Um, 
one of the things that's unique about A Quiet Place 2 is that if you've seen A Quiet Place 1, you know John Krasinski dies, and you don't know if you're going to see him in this film. What I absolutely love about this film is that it it gives you a little bit of an origin story. It explains the day that everything changed. And so you got a little bit of John Krasinski, and you got some of his really strong acting. And Dude, yeah. he was not in there for a very long time at all, but it was enough to really get the uh, the engines running, right? I mean, it set things in motion, and it gave you some of that additional perspective that just really allowed you to be immersed into the rest of the film and say, okay, where are we going from here? It was also good because it reminded you what, what was lost, like, you know, like previously on 24, you know, they show like oh, yeah. what just happened <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. last episode, right? Like a, <laughs> sort know, of that, a recap without it being a true recap, though. Right. It's not like they showed his death and was like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to continue right here, even though they basically continue from the end of the last movie, pretty much, you know. And so, um, yeah, that was a great. We'll talk about that when we get to favorite scenes, because everything about that beginning section is just perfect in my eyes yeah and i love a lot of the tie-ins in that initial scene like when he's in the pharmacy and he picks up a rocket ship toy and you're just like oh that's the toy that goes off you know that and and like there's just so many really good tie-ins to get everything in line and you know you're you're reintroduced to the rest of the family especially early on in her pregnancy and just kind of seeing how the family is kind of cast into all of those things, but it also gives a little perspective of who else was in the town before everything went wrong. And if we're talking about acting, which is what we're kind of starting on here, man, I don't remember what the daughter's name. Do you know off the top of your head? Her actual name? Either one. I think her one. either her character or her actual name is Millie. Yeah, so Millie is, is that, her real name. It's her real name. Yeah, her name is Millie Simmons. It's actual, actually Millicent, but she goes by Millie. But she plays the, the deaf daughter. Her name's Reagan. Mm, yeah, she, man, she steals the show in this movie. I mean, she and is it's the really focus. Her, she's the focus. It's her movie, yeah. That's such, for me, like, that was so refreshing to see because the first movie was, was really about her and her dad and their relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And then carried into the next movie, it's about her, you know? And uh, that was just, that felt like the right thing to do for the second movie, you know? It was a pleasant surprise to see how that was shifted and allowed the girl to be the star. But every time they would go back to Emily Blunt and the br- the younger brother, and, you know, you have like three storylines going at once. Yeah. Where they're experiencing similar things in different places at the same time. And it was just really, it was really good to see. Yeah, yeah. All the acting was really great. Like, Emily Blunt in, in both of these movies, first one, second one, she's great. Um, the next movie I recommend, she's going to be in it. So get ready for that what one. What is it? Edge of, Edge of Tomorrow, oh, Tom yeah. Cruise, okay. the one I've been talking gotcha. about. Yeah, she's in that one. But, yeah, um, all the acting is great. And in the fact that um, they give her, like, the lead of you're going to be basically the lead in this movie. I mean, there's a lot of side things going on, but it's really her story. And I I love how they opened up the world. Like, you know, the first one was very contained. Their farm is about the only place they go besides the town for like one scene. Right. Um, This scene, they really open up and they, you meet other people and you meet another town that is perfectly safe, you know, towards the end of the movie. (laughs) Well, (laughs) for a while. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I love how they transition because their farm catches on fire. 
They have yeah. nowhere to go but to find a new place and to find either someone who's willing to take them in or find somewhere that no one else has inhabited because you still have like this post-apocalyptic, everybody's kind of in survival mode. Yeah, and that kind of gets explored with, um, what's the character, I don't remember the character's name, but Cillian, is it Cillian Murphy? Is that the actor's name? Killian, however you say his name, he kind of mentions like you don't know what people are like now. You haven't right. been out there. You're, you you haven't been out in the world. You've just been in your farm. And then you see that out on the docks when they have um, they put those cans around him. Yeah, you're getting right? into one of my Towards, favorite scenes. You jerk. I mean, yeah, we'll get to that in fully. But just to say, like they open it up to obvious things that if you're thinking about a post-apocalyptic world where these monsters exist, these things are going to happen. Like you're going to have people who are very much in survival mode being evil right trying to do whatever they can to survive and and doing stuff like that like putting stuff around people's necks that makes noise that makes sense for the world because that's going to be out there you know so just them opening up the world i thought was great yeah no i agree and just it gave me a little bit more perspective on where they were like in the united states you know yeah. it gave me an idea of oh okay here's where they because they actually pull out a map at some point and you're like, right. oh, okay, this is starting to to make sense. This is cool to see. And being able to explore the world that was decimated at all at the same time and how every time essentially stopped. Like, whenever mm-hmm. the attack happened, wherever people were, whatever they were doing, they were killed immediately, a lot of them. And so, like, there's this ability to see Millie travel through the town and travel along the railroad tracks and see... All of these things that just, after that moment, no, nobody existed, but everything, it was like in the middle of a, a work day or a, you know, a day, you know, at a baseball game and, and things like that. And you see where people would be out and about and then it takes them by surprise and the next thing you know, they're gone. Yeah. Cool. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Let's get into the plot. Do you want do you to have a IMDB summary? Um, yeah, I have one here and I can, I can read it, uh, from, from this uh, from this main page of, of the IMDb for the movie, it says, Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. It was a well-written intro there. Yeah, kind of what we were talking about. Like, just, it opens the world up a lot compared to the first movie, which... You know, is great in the first movie that it's very contained, and I love that about the first movie. But it only made sense for the sequel to open it up. You can't have another okay, let's stay on the farm and just kill some monsters. Like that's that's what happened in the first one. Yeah, you, you know? can't hold up in the fort forever. Yeah, we've seen that before. Like in terms of a sequel, you got to explore something else. You know, so it made sense that you know they couldn't go back to their farm. You know, so they had to explore. And it was interesting to see how different people survived and prepared too yeah right so you get to killian murphy's property you see what he was doing was different from what um john krasinski and his family were doing and then you just expect that the human race would band together to fight the aliens kind of like the movie independence day which you haven't seen but it's not the case like it's literally uh thanks for visiting but you can't stay here yeah, which is also interesting because for I think for people to band together, you have to discuss and talk, and it's it's hard to talk. That's a good point. You know, if if you say anything, you're pretty much dead. 
that all makes sense for me. Like people can't speak. Of course, they're just going to hold up in whatever fort, whatever house they're in and try to survive, you know. The only other thing that we should add probably to the plot is, you know, so they come across Killian Murphy and his place and then Millie takes off and he goes to save her, um, you know, realizing that she's she's a tough girl, but she still needed some help. They did work together. And then uh, you get to this point where you realize that there is another there's another element, right? So you have the human element. You start running into bands and factions who are trying to do their own survival and play their own games. And then you get to this place that's an island where it is white picket fences, literally. And you know that they were affected because they got to the island for a reason. But then they realized how safe they were and they had just carried on with life without doing anything more than playing music on a certain radio station. And they were just living life while others were in severe survival mode just on the other side of the water. Yeah, which makes sense. Like if, if the aliens can't swim, right, people are on, on that are on islands are probably going to be safe, especially really small islands, you know. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense in the world. And it was really um, jarring to walk in especially like for the characters and for us to walk up upon a, a, a village that is like just normal. <laughs> and, you know, both the main characters that show up, they're like, what is going on? I'm so confused right now. I People was confused are, like, at first. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, what is happening right now? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's, that's a big part of the story. And a big, another part of the story that's pretty big is, um, Millie has like a, uh, a solution to kill the aliens, right? Yeah, she's her trying hearing to broadcast that out. Yeah, her cochlear implant. Yeah, she's trying to get to a place where she can broadcast that on the radio so that people can use that to defend themselves, right? And so it, to me, it felt very much like in our world, like, okay, so Quiet Place 1, if you think of it in COVID terms, <laughs> I'm going to go a little weird side here. It did feel here. a little uncomfortable watching that movie in the theaters after what we had been going through for the last year and a half. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, like, Quiet Place 1 is very much 2020, right? (laughs) Like, there's this big problem. Everybody hunkered down, right? And then Quiet Place 2 comes around, and Millie's carrying around the vaccine, right? She's she's got the vaccine in her back pocket, (laughs) right? Like, I just wanted to mention that because I found that pretty funny, like, a comparison. There are some interesting parallels. For sure, for sure. So hopefully no aliens show up. I don't know, you know, but hopefully, maybe so. Maybe they'd be nice. Maybe they'd be cool, you know? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. All these, you know, all these movies really give aliens a bad name. I think they're probably pretty cool. What about E.T.? Cool. He's a cool, yeah, he's he's cool too. Mm-hmm. I don't know about his family, you yeah, know. I mean, I don't. They could be evil, but. Could. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back to the review. <laughs> um, anything, like, the only th- the other thing I wanted to mention is. Um, the directing, which we kind of hit on, the camera work in this movie is so oh, much better so than the first good. one. Yeah, just a lot of really good shots, a lot of really good camera work. So very happy. And I will say, man, if John Krasinski doesn't get doesn't direct more movies, it'd, it'd be a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to he needs to turn his his career focus towards directing, and not in my book. I mean, I mean, he's a great actor in his own films. I mean. For sure, for sure. But if this is his first two movies, like, man, what else can he do, right? I mean, give him an action movie, like straight-up action. Give him a drama, 
you know, I'd love to see him direct more stuff. So hopefully he does. I don't know. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, there was apparently something else that he did way back in 2016 called The Hollers. And I've heard it was just okay. However, I think he's really found his uh, his niche. He f- he's figured it out, right? Everybody's first movie is probably a little bit less than desirable. But he is really hitting a good groove now. I would agree. Yeah, I hope he directs a lot more. So before we get so. into favorite scenes, you said there were some things yeah. that didn't work for you. I'd like to go ahead and get those out of the way before we get into the favorites so we can always continue to end on high notes instead of catching those at the very end. So what were some of the things that you were like, eh, not big on this? Or I know it didn't detract from your enjoyment of the movie as an overall thing. It's just something that you wanted to comment on. For me, the first one is so good because the story is, yes, about these aliens. And it's about being quiet and it's very tense, right? A lot of suspense. It's a thriller. But the core of the movie is about a dad and his daughter. Mm -hmm. It's about their relationship because there's points in the movie where they're, for most of the movie, they're arguing or they're, they're battling with grief because they lost their John Krasinski's son. And so there's a lot of emotional stuff that, you know, good emotional scenes, like the one obvious scene that everybody talks about is when John Krasinski sacrifices himself. Good Lord, if you don't cry during that scene, you're not human. Like, My even gosh. if, especially now that I have a daughter, like, rewatching that scene the other night, it's hard not to cry. It really is, because... I'm proud of you. I was always proud of you. He's given the sign language, and then he just yells. And then oh. he just lets out the biggest scream. Yeah, it's such a good moment. It's one of my favorite moments in any movie, period. And so, Quiet Place 2, while very good, very happy with the directing, acting, everything about it is really good, but it's just missing that emotional pull that the first one had. And I don't necessarily think that's a negative thing. It's just a thing, right? It's just... It would have been forced if they would have had Emily Blunt do something similar. So I see, like, okay, I'm glad that that didn't happen. You know, that probably would have been emotional, but it probably would have been very much of the same of the first movie. So I'm fine. You know, it's not really a negative per se, but it's something that's lacking. It doesn't get it to the 94. To me, Quiet Place 1 is a great thriller, and also it's a great emotional drama, right? This movie, for me, Quiet Place 2, is just a great thriller. Mm -hmm. And that's good, but it's just, it can't get to that 94 to me because it's missing just a little bit of emotion, if that makes sense. I would, I, I get that. I completely get that. And that is something that I would say almost all thriller horror films get wrong, is they make it all about that and the jump scares and things like that, whereas that first one did not do that. I would argue that there are other relational elements that exist in this second one. It's just different sure. because you have people who have divided up and are doing different things at different times, right? And you have a character who cannot talk. So by having that, like, I feel like there was a good development between Killian Murphy's character and Millie, right? I thought that was good. I think it was interesting to see the the younger brother and how he reacted in different situations trying to find his place in this new world um, literally made it far, far less about Emily Blunt's character in every facet, but she still had a critical roles. I mean, she still did some very significant things. Um, whereas in the first one, they were all always together. Yeah. And I get all that. Yeah. It just is missing just a little bit for I me. Gotcha. 
but still like a great thriller in my eyes. And I would say this, we're at this point in the, the discussion because everything's a spoiler at this point. I think there's a real opportunity to allow for the third one, which we know is coming now, uh, for it to get back to that drama element. I really think it can, and I think it will. Yeah, and that could change my score like at a later later time, like especially with trilogies, like seeing the trilogy as a whole. Yeah, it it could change my opinion on stuff. So <laughs> let's get into favorite scenes. So I'll let you go first, and I will argue this is tough to do because a lot of my it favorite scenes have no talking. Yeah, this is a hard movie to do. Favorite same. Scenes. I mean, the first one was the same way, with the exception of very very few, because you can't talk much. Sure, even. My favorite scene in the first one, if I played it on the podcast, nobody would know what's going on because it's sign language, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. It's sign language. <laughs> but it's still the best scene, you know. So, you know, but there there is great scenes in this. For me, the whole opening of Quiet Place 2 is just, it's a perfect opening to a movie. It's uh, a, a fantastically shot. I, I love the camera work in the first, or in the first scene. It's very much like a one kind of one-take trying to look like one take shot which is just refreshing because you don't get that a lot in even thrillers like they don't really care about camera work usually in thrillers it's more about the thrill of it and so Mm -hmm. um that was that was definitely my favorite scene now i will say for favorite scenes usually we play a clip i don't know if i'll be able to find a clip because the movie is not on youtube that i can that's one of the unique things about doing a new release but i mean we can at least talk about them yeah for sure and like you said like a lot of them probably won't even work audio, you know, on the podcast anyway, so it's fine. But right. I will say that's probably my favorite scene as a whole. Another couple scenes, like the the brutal scene when the son steps on the bear trap and just starts oh wailing. My gosh. Oh my god! I'm pretty goodness. sure I said a cuss word, <laughs> yeah. and I was gripping my seat yeah. when that happened because it's out of nowhere. Like, and it 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 makes sense. Like in the world, like of course he's gonna have bear traps out there for the aliens. You know, <laughs> well, well, not just that, but it, it it was more than that because he watched him walk into the bear trap. Yeah, he almost shot him at one. point. It's not that he stepped in the bear trap and they got hurt and just automatically came running. Right. There's a couple of things going on there, which is one of my favorite scenes, too. He's watching him through the scope of a of a rifle and he knows he's going to step in it, but he doesn't stop him because he has to look out for himself. And he even knows who these people are. Like, they're friends of his, or were friends of his. Yeah. And so, I will give that little boy some serious credit, the actor, (laughs) because I believed his pain. (laughs) Yeah. It would be very easy for him to not pull that off, because he's young. I believed that pain so much. That's what made me grimace. That's what made me wince and grab my seat. Yeah, that kid. So that kid, do you remember when we were talking about Shia LaBeouf movies not too long ago, and I said Honey Boy is one of my favorite Shia LaBeouf movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. He plays in Honey Boy as like the main character. He plays a young Shia LaBeouf in the movie, and he is fantastic in that movie. Like some of the best kid acting I've ever seen. Um, and whenever we re- rewatched Quiet Place the other night, I had forgotten that that's the kid, and I was like, oh, that's the kid from Honey Boy. So, yeah, dude, he's such a great actor. I can't wait to see what else he does because he's got a long career ahead of him, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, that scream, whew, you could feel it. Because it wasn't immediate. He did what he could to try to hold it he, back. He tried. His mom was putting her hand over his mouth, like, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Which made, like, it would have been so unbelievable if they made it to where he didn't scream, right? 
Like it would have exactly it would have been ridiculous if he stepped in a bear trap and didn't scream. It just would have been dumb, you know. So it made perfect sense that he would, of course, scream. So that's probably one of my other favorite scenes. One of my other favorite shots in the movie is towards the end where they go to the island and everything's fine and they're all settled down and all of a sudden Cillian, Killian, whatever his name is, Murphy, sees the boat, right? He sees the boat and understands that there's a monster on this island, right? He takes off running and just that shot of him running through the town trying to tell everybody while monsters are... A monster, I can't remember if there's more than one. A monster, there's only one. Yeah, takes out like people behind him and in front of him. That whole shot of him running is like great camera work. Um, I love that shot. Yeah, so those would be some of my favorite scenes just off the top of my head. I'd have to. It's one of those movies I'd have to rewatch. It's been a while since we watched it even, so it's hard to remember every little scene that happened. But those would be probably my uh, some of my favorites. So I really liked when they get to the the um, the marina. Uh, and they are getting ready to get on the boat, and there's a little girl just sitting on a dock. Oh my gosh. And you and I were both thinking the same thing. Kill, right? kill her, right? Kill the kid. If you see a kid at night in a post-apocalyptic type movie, you kill the kid. I don't care. You just do it. Do what you have to. That's how Especially you survive. Especially sitting there doing what she was doing, right? Yeah, not reacting and, to you, creepily looking hunched over And or then when he bends down to check on her, and then she puts the noose around his head, and... Oh my gosh. And then they do a great callback to the sign language that was that was learned during the the flashback at the very beginning because they taught him a sign and that was the only sign he knew. Yeah. Dive or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and then the he was able to get her um uh, processor back and he had it in his mouth because I was like, Oh, it's wet, it's done. Mm. And then I was like, oh, look at that. He pulled it out of his mouth. Okay, I can buy that. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, and then just making sure that the other, those guys got killed. I mean, just the way they did it was so good. <laughs> Gosh. It was really creative. Very good scene, yeah. Would not work audio-wise, right? <laughs> None of these would, really. No, but uh-uh. Yeah, great scene. I mean, but it was. It was just a great movie all the way around. Any other scenes that just came to your mind? Uh, not off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it some more. There, There's a couple of great moments. Like, okay, so they get to Silly, whatever his freaking name is, his his little warehouse that he's at. And they have, like, um, some sort of, like, tunnel thing that he climbs in and it, it latches. And he could stay in there for so many minutes or whatever. Until the oxygen depletes. Right, right. And um, they keep showing, like, the latch and how they keep it open. They have a, a way to keep it open so that you don't get locked right, in. Right, they there. have a towel. Right. And then they keep showing it over and over, which is an obvious thing that's going to happen. Like, you know that somebody's going to get locked in there, right? <laughs> you just know it's going to happen. Um, but whenever he gets, the the son gets locked in there with the baby, and he is like, they're fighting for their lives, both of them. And part of me was like, this kid is going to kill the baby, Right. Because there's only there's only he's gonna selfishly suck up the oxygen, right? And he doesn't, which is a a great like even coming from the first movie, like his dad showing him how to sacrifice and care for his family, mm-hmm. him learning that through the first one, right? Is a good moment of okay, this kid's gonna help save his his brother. You know that's good, but that was just a very intense. Uh, scene there too yeah i love that the all the details matched up all the fine details um 
and there were no significant tropes. You know, it, it all worked. And it's not like a, oh, come on now. Which, look, it's a, it's a sci-fi thriller movie, right? But at the same time, like, they did a lot of things that really worked. Cool. Anything else? No. Um, I know we had a couple of guys that we handed out the speak pipe link to, and I believe we were going to play uh, DJ's thoughts on the film. Yes, we will play DJ's okay. right here. Hey guys, uh, Quiet Place 2 really successfully thread the sequel needle of being the same yet different, right? It feels like an extension of the world of the first movie um, without being a retread of the first movie. So it, it, it hits the same notes, but in a way that, that still feels fresh. That's really hard to do with a sequel, and I thought they did it really, really well. Um, favorite moment had to be the uh, the one-take flashback that opens the movie up. Um, was a really great sequence, even as much as we'd seen it you know, over the last year of the movie's delay, kind of hinted at in trailers and such. Um, it was just a really good and effective scene in a way to kind of bring us back into that world. Uh, but yeah, all in all, really enjoyed it. It was a great movie to go back to the theater to for the first time in a long time, and I would say uh, 92 potatoes for me. Thanks, guys. Nice. All right, so I feel like uh, it's like DJ was in the room with us <laughs> All right. uh, because he, he literally covered the exact same things we did. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was able to, to feel the same way about the sequel meeting those kind of demands as well as his favorite scene is your favorite scene. Yeah. The, what do you keep calling it? The Wonder. The Wonder, yeah. And uh, he also had the same same feeling about being back in the theater for this one. Yeah, I agree with everything. Even the score. We'll get yeah. to the score, but... Pretty close to mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we did. We have any comments on any of our stuff? So Brent Phillips said it's really good. He has one critique, but he'll ref- refrain until after we see it. I have a feeling we're going to need to find out what his one critique is. Yeah, I would love to hear what his uh, critique is. He commented on another post of ours saying enjoyed it not as much as the first but still a solid movie i didn't love the end because it felt felt like they will have to do a third one and there's a point when you can ruin a good thing by making too many sequels so we kind of addressed that a little bit right i feel like each one of these movies could end on their own and be okay and going into the making of each one of these i don't know that they knew the sequel would be coming Now, I don't know if that was the case between 2 and 3, but we know that was the case between 1 and 2. But the benefit of knowing that there's only 3 tells us that if 2 was strong and there's only going to be one more, they have to end on a very strong note. But I can definitely understand his reservation. Yeah, for sure. One thing that I would love to see, like if they did a third one, first of all, if John Krasinski isn't directing... Man, it's not going to be as... It's not going to be as good. Even if he wrote it and just passed it off to somebody, I wouldn't... Maybe it'll be as good. I don't know. But I won't be as excited, for sure. It's no different than than Star Wars, right? You don't have a consistent director. You don't have a consistent vision. Right. And things will feel disjointed. And it could end up being another one of those intended trilogies where you just kind of forget that the third one even happened because, hey, we don't want to... We don't. We're we're not going to count this one. Sure. Yeah. I hope. Hopefully, it doesn't end that way. But I feel like he's probably going to come back for the third. If he came back for the second, I feel like I don't know if it's been announced yet. I don't know. Maybe it has. But yeah. If he if he doesn't come back for the third, I definitely won't be as excited. I'm guessing they're going to do the third. I don't know. Has it been announced officially? Do you know that they're going to be doing? Yeah. The third do one? you know for sure? 
Maybe I am making a, a, a dangerous assumption here. I would assume they are. But th- if they've done two, they're probably going to do three. I mean, they made a lot of money. The first two did. But one thing that needs to happen, like, they opened up the world a little bit in the second one. They need to open up a lot more in the third, in my opinion, if they're going to do anything different from the first two, right? So, you know, I hope they come out with a third one, honestly. I don't know about you, if you would agree with that or if you're, like, done, if you're good with the second one. But I would love to see another one. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And if I'm looking at this right, it feels like that three is going to happen. Question. But I can't tell if it's a 100% confirmed. It says, you know, I'm seeing things where John Krasinski has his ideas for the final, you know, things like that. But I, again, I'm not 100% sure. Okay, here, as of June 7th, The Quiet Place 3 next up is set to release in March of 2023. Uh, Paramount Pictures is developing a third film. According to this, though, it would not be John Krasinski as the director. What website is that? It says according to Variety. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, Variety's pretty solid. So, man, if if he doesn't direct the third one, I'm going to be, I will not be excited for it. You know, I, I don't know I will, if that I will have to bad, agree but, heavily there. Yeah, I just, sure, they can make him a producer Director or Jeff whatever, Nichols but. will be helming and writing the new film based on an idea by John Krasinski, who directed and co-wrote the first two. I don't like that. I just don't like it. I don't know. That that yeah. says to me that it's the, uh, the idea is not good enough. If the idea is not good enough for John Krasinski to come back, I really don't care about it. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, makes total sense. So we'll see. We'll see. Anything else? No, that just kind of depressed me. I know, I'm kind of depressed. Though. I almost wish I didn't look this up. I know. Oh, man, thanks for that. I mean, this is all your fault. <laughs> How is it my fault? It's no because <laughs> you, you made me. It's you made Brent's me look fault. it up. Okay. Let's blame, it, blame there you Brent. go. <laughs> okay, I can get behind that. <laughs> okay. All right, Brent. This is all your fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Do you want to get to rate? <laughs> you want to get to ratings? Yeah, considering this is the, you know, it's only a sequel. There's not going to be a trilogy. So, uh, you know, it ends on a really good suspenseful high <laughs> note. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I, I thought it was a great sequel. I'll give it a 93 out of 94. Nice. Wasn't perfect, but it was still phenomenal. Yeah, I'm I'm close to you. I'm at, at, a, I'm at a 92, so we're pretty close, neck and neck. Yeah, I feel, felt like the changes were small enough that it did not hurt. You know, it was really close in my mind. It was really close to the to the first one, but it just wasn't quite there. So I, I'm comparing it against the first one. Whether I should be or shouldn't, I don't know. I think you should. It's a sequel, right? If it was just yeah. something that's like loosely, you know, like two movies that are kind of similar, you know, comparisons are kind of weak. But if it's made by the same person, directed by the same person, written by the same person. There's a lot of comparison you could do, I feel like. So you're saying when I watch The Two Towers, I can compare it to The Fellowship? 100%. And you need to rewatch, or you need to watch that soon. And let me know. TJ's been getting on me about that. We need to do it. Let's do it this week. I'll be there. I I mean, we'll figure something out. That's what people say when they don't want to do it this week. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we'll do it. Did I mention that I'm moving? You'll be all right. You'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I think that'll do it for this week, right? All right, well, let's get out of here. You already have a movie uh, that I have recommended to you whenever we did Spotlight a few weeks ago, so you're watching Gran Torino. That'll be our next episode. For sure. So if you have any thoughts on Gran Gran Torino, is that how it's said? That's correct. Okay, if you have any thoughts, send them our way. Spoilers and all, because by the time I see them, I'll have watched it. So feel free to spoil all you want. 
and uh, your Can review. I give you one thing to end on a higher note than knowing about A Quiet Place 3? Sure. We're two weeks away from Ted Lasso Season 2. Heck yes, dude. Do you need that? I needed that bad. Yeah, I needed that very there you badly. Go. Um, whenever we watch the next season, we should do like a, a review if it's worth it. You know? Talk I about think it so. I 100% agree. An episode, yeah. you know? If they come out with a Con Air 2, we'll review it. Anything related sure. to any of the things that we've done. Top Gun, when they when that comes out later this year, oh, yeah. we're going to be we're gonna exactly. go to the theater and watch it together. We will indeed. For sure. So, And the Top Gun trailer showed at Quiet Place 2. And I got I got chills. I mean, like I felt like a twelve year old kid whenever that came on. Like I sat up in my seat and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm really gonna enjoy Top Gun too. And I'm glad that I watched it for this podcast because otherwise I would good, be like, yeah, you know. So it's got your boy Miles Teller. It's got both my boys, Tom Cruise and Miles Teller. There you go. How <laughs> can you go wrong? You can't. You literally can't. So all right. <laughs> Hopefully those aren't. Words I'll regret saying later this year. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. All right. Send us an email. High, highly recommended pod at gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, highly recommended podcast. Speakpipe.com slash highly recommended pod for the voicemail. I believe that is it, Daniel. Yeah, let's get out of here. I got to pack some boxes. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Hey, hey, I don't know if you remember, but at the height of the pandemic, there was this guy that came over and helped you move. Yeah. Do you do you want to just get it on record on the podcast and ask me if you want me to, if you you gonna help me move? I'll help you move. Yeah. I, that's I on know. record on the podcast. Unless I, I like unless it. I edit it out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> no, I'll be there. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, right. everybody. We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace out.